You're listening to Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds chasing authentic love and divine romance. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for your prayers and support of our ministry and for joining us for another episode of Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds. I'm your host, Andy Compton, co-founder of Spoken Bride with a background in wedding and event planning, calligraphy, graphic design, and pretty much anything crafty. I am so excited to announce that we have launched our very first line of wedding invitations in our shop. They're totally customizable, and they come in three different designs, Olive Branch, which is something classic with a nod to scripture in the life of Jesus, Spring Floral with roses from Mother Mary, and a warmer palette, so it's got more peaches, more pinks, little hits, hints of green, and Modern, which is, it's a really striking design, and it really lets your favorite colors be the center of attention. So today I wanted to go over what a wedding invitation suite actually is. What's in it? What counts? What are all the pieces that you can possibly have? A traditional definition of a wedding invitation suite is all the paper goods related to your wedding that your guests will see. So some people use the term to mean just what you mail to your guests. Others use a more expanded definition that includes the paper goods at the wedding as well, and anything digital like your wedding website. So really it's anything that communicates your wedding to your guests. It's, it's almost like marketing for your wedding. It's like a way to entice guests to come. Beauty and feasting and refinement really have their place in weddings and they can draw our senses to the invisible realities of the sacrament. However, this is a priority for some and not for others. And that's fine. For me and for, and for our wedding, it was a huge priority. As a calligrapher, I have very strong opinions on paper and design. And my husband didn't, but we made this a priority. We have friends who didn't and it was fine. Their weddings are beautiful, their marriages are awesome. If you haven't already taken a listen to our interview with Evan Christensen on how to prioritize your wedding budget, it's a fantastic episode. And you can find it in season two, it's episode 11. So take a listen to that, come back when you're ready. And I wanna say that paper goods are also something that you actually get to keep at the end of your wedding day. I still have our save the date and our invitation inside of a, a shadow box. And it has some, some little things from our wedding and honeymoon, some pictures, a little snippet of my dress, and I just, I love paper goods. So I really, I kept everything. All right, starting at the very beginning, you're engaged. Congratulations. Traditionally, you would send out an engagement card, usually around five by seven, announcing when you were engaged. However, with social media, it's kind of, it's just kind of gone. I don't really see these anymore. Typically, people announce their engagement via social media. They call their family and friends, and now they send out save the dates. And save the dates are exactly what they sound like. You are telling your guests to please save the date of your wedding. They're generally less formal than the official invite. And they really got popular because of destination weddings gaining popularity. You would need at least six months, even 12 months for your guests to plan a trip internationally or even across the country. Now they're pretty typical. I see them for virtually every wedding and really... There's so many options. I like getting ones that are magnets that we can stick up on our fridge. We did letterpress ones, um, telling everyone that we were getting married 633 days after our, our first date. And I did some fun aqua calligraphy on the envelopes. And the main event, your wedding invitation. 
I'm sure you've been online and you know that the sky is the limit with all the different possible styles that you can have for your wedding invitation. This just gets me so excited. (laughs) I'm telling you, I love these things. But four things that your invitation absolutely has to communicate. Who, what, when, where, who's getting married. Put your names on there, not just your initials. What's happening? You're getting married. When, date and time. Where, put the address of your church, possibly even the reception. I cannot wait to see what you choose for your wedding invitations. Feel free to send us a picture at hello at spokenbride.com. Seriously, I absolutely love seeing them. I'm going to slide into digital right now. Your wedding website. This is not mandatory. It's a very nice thing to have, though, as a backup in case your guests forget their invitation on the day of, need to know where the church is. It's a great place to put information for accommodations, things to do between the ceremony and the reception, things to do in the area, an About Us page with information about you guys, who you are, what you like, what you love, what you're looking forward to, who's in your wedding party, your registry information. This is the perfect place to communicate lots of extra little details to your guests so that they they really feel included and part of your big day. Our wedding invitations were super formal and 14 years ago it was really hard to find anyone that would engrave with white ink on black paper but I found someone. They also had a daffodil on the side which I wasn't really huge on But fast forward to now, I found out that they're not only the birth flower for my husband's birth month, it also means Mary's star in Mary Gardens, which I absolutely love. We were married on Mary's birthday. God is so good. So response cards. You can either go the modern way, directing your guests to your wedding website or to an RSVP service, or you can go the traditional route where you have a line for the guests to write their names and a place for them to check if they accept or decline the invitation. Some people like to get creative with their wording, and some have a line letting them know uh, two seats are reserved for you. Others have a place for guests to circle or initial if they want chicken, beef, vegetarian, or a place for them to include dietary accommodations that are needed, like vegan meals, gluten-free, etc., or if they need kids' meals or any other accommodation, like a spot for a wheelchair. Helpful tip, though, Assign each guest or family a number on your guest list and then pencil that number on the back of the RSVP card. That way, if they forget to write their name on it, you've got a backup. Response card envelope. If you're going the traditional route, then you need an envelope unless your response card is a postcard. If you need the envelope, it needs to be addressed to whoever is keeping track of the RSVPs and pre-stamped. Make it easy for your guests to respond. If you need postage stamps, USPS.com always has pretty wedding stamps and fun theme stamps. A directions card. If your reception isn't on the campus of your parish or I guess your, your college even, you can include either written directions or a map to the reception location. Hand drawn maps are beautiful. They are an awesome keepsake. But having directions or even, I don't know, a link to Google Maps, something to help your guests get to the right place is always appreciated. An accommodations or transportation card. So if you have a shuttle going for your guests between a hotel and, say, your church, you need to let them know 
where they can pick up the shuttle, where it's going, and at what times. Another good place to put that information is on your wedding website. If you have reserved a block of rooms at a hotel or anything like an Airbnb, you need to be sure to let your guests know here and on your website and include any codes they need to use if they're booking online. An itinerary card. If you have any additional events that you want to invite your guests to, you're having a rehearsal dinner, you're having a clam bake, you're having a morning after brunch, whatever. You need to give the guests a little timeline just to kind of let them know, heads up, we'd like to invite you to these. A change of address card. If you'd like to announce your new address to the guests, this is a great place to do it. If you're hyphenating your last name or you're not changing it, this is a great place to announce it as well. So some examples will be, Matt Boyle and Laura Gardner Boyle will reside at, put your address. That way, guests have a heads up, oh, she's going to be hyphenating, or oh, they're having a new last name. An inner envelope. Whew. So these exist because in the olden days, the outer envelope would get really dirty during transit, and so whoever was in charge of the household, like the butler, they would remove the dirty envelope, and they would present the letter with a clean envelope to their recipient. It's a fun little tradition. They're optional. They do add a little bit more weight to your envelope, so it can cost a little bit more to mail them. Just a heads up. You can also have a pretty liner in these. I don't see these as often. But you will have an outer envelope. This is your chance to make a great impression on your guests. This is the place to invest in calligraphy if you're going to do that. I will say it feels really special to receive an invitation that is hand-lettered with your name. However, anything will do so long as it is clear and legible and it gets to your guests. You're also going to need to have your return address on the back of that envelope. Postage. Once you have your entire invitation assembled, you have all the pieces ready and done, stuff an envelope, take it to the post office to get weighed so you know exactly how much postage to buy. Because chances are, it might not be 55 cents, especially if you have a square card. Those usually cost more to mail than like a regular five by seven. That's the typical size of a wedding invitation. So buy stamps to go with your wedding and you can also request when you drop them off at the post office to have them hand canceled so they're not just going through machines. It looks looks really nice. Some people, and I, very, I had never did this, but I really appreciate the beauty in it. They purchase vintage stamps to coordinate with the colors. It looks great. It's an option if it's for you. All right, your invites have been sent, your RSVPs have come back in, and it's your wedding day. What kind of paper goods can you expect to see? Church first. It's nice to have a sign saying your names, like the Sacrament of Matrimony, uniting Andy and Matt with your wedding date. That way guests know, hey, I'm in the right place. The other most common thing that you'll see at a Catholic wedding are wedding programs of some sort. It's a really good place to share your faith and explain the liturgy to guests who might not be Catholic or who haven't gone to church in a long time. We've got lots available in our shop from simple one-page programs to longer programs where you can include summaries of the readings um, and responses. Really important for getting guests to participate. Uh, another little detail that I like are reserve signs. It's nice to kind of block off the first few pews on each side for your wedding party and for your immediate family and friends. Again, this is a really small detail, but it's something that I love seeing at weddings. Now, moving on, you're married, go into the reception. 
signage. So important, especially if your venue has multiple weddings happening on the same day. You really want something to say, Andy and Matt's wedding this way. Signs can tell your guests where to go. You can have signs at the bar with your signature cocktails on them. You can make seating charts for guests. You can have a guest book sign. You can have a gift table sign, legacy table signs, restroom signs. Really anything you can think of, there's a sign for it. Next up is table numbers or names. This is a fun place to kind of get creative and show more of your personality. You can even share your faith this way. Um, I've seen saints. I've seen Italian cities. You can just do numbers. Uh, the possibilities are endless. Um, so moving on, and I'm going to explain the difference between these guys, escort cards and place cards. So escort cards are typically outside of the reception area. These are the little cards or whatnot that escort the guests to their seat and they have the guest name and the table number or name. Place cards tell the guests their place at the table. So they can also be color coded or have little icons on them to let the servers know, hey, this person's having chicken. Hey, this person's having beef. I see those two commonly mixed up. So just wanted to, to give you a little wedding education there. You can also have your favorite tags, um, like with your names and your wedding date. And you can also have fun things like Mad Libs, coloring pages for the kids. Uh, really, truly, the sky, again, the sky's the limit. There's so many awesome things that, that you can make. And that's it. I hope that this episode has helped demystify what wedding invitation suites are and what's in them. And more importantly, that you don't have to do all of the things. It's okay to prioritize, to work within your budget, to make things yourself, to hire someone to help you. Most importantly is that your marriage gives glory to God. That's really at the heart of everything that we do. So as always, St. Joseph, St. Zalie and Louis Martin, please pray for us. If you have any other questions, feel free to send us an email. Hello at SpokenBride.com. You can get a hold of us on Instagram at SpokenBride. We love hearing from you. So God bless and happy planning.